Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This is People Every Day. Coming up, inside the fascinating life and times of groundbreaking actor Sidney Poitier, who has died at the age of 94. Plus, former Sweet Valley High stars and real-life twins Brittany and Cynthia Daniel open up about sharing everything, including Cynthia's eggs, so Brittany could have a baby. It's January 7th. Hello, hello, everyone. I hope... Your first week of 2022 was a pleasant one, all things considered. And if not, hoping this weekend gives you what you need. As far as the weekend, the singer, he is also upon us this here New Music Friday. He dropped his new album, Don FM, which has some pretty heavyweight features, Quincy Jones, uh, Jim Carrey. But there's one song that really has folks talking. Listen to a little bit of Here We Go Again. So which movie star do folks think he's talking about? Uh, That would be Angelina Jolie, who he's been spotted out with multiple times now. Things are getting interesting there. And in the realm of surprising romances, we just got new details from actress Julia Fox on what she has going on with Ye, formerly Kanye West, in a sit-down with Interview magazine that featured an actual photo shoot of the couple, Fox lays it all out. She says, I met Ye in Miami on New Year's Eve, and it was an instant connection. His energy is so fun to be around. He had me and my friends laughing, dancing, and smiling all night. (laughs) She says they kept the party going, though, and flew to NYC to hang out some more. And if you are wondering why they ate at the Italian restaurant Carbone in both Miami and New York, it's because it's her favorite restaurant. Restaurant. And get this, he directed the photo shoot of them as they ate. <laughs> she said, quote, it was every girl's dream come true. It felt like a real Cinderella moment. I don't know how he did it or how he got all of it there in time, but I was so surprised. Like, who does things like this on a second date? Julia, I have an answer for you. Only yay. <laughs> you are in for a ride. Well, all right. Now it's time to move on to some sad news coming out of Hollywood. Bahamian-American actor, Film director, activist, and ambassador Sidney Poitier has died at the age of 94. You guys, this one hurts. This man was a legend, the first black man to win an Academy Award for Best Actor, which was back in 1964 during the height of the civil rights movement. I know Hollywood and the rest of the world is a better place because of his legacy, and that is what we're going to focus on today, his life and his activism. I've asked People's executive editor, Jeremy Helliger, to join me in commemorating this great man. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Janine. I'm sad. I know. It's really devastating, especially coming just a few days after losing Betty White. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is that Sidney Poitier did have an amazing life, an amazing career, and he is not going to be forgotten 
ever. Oh, absolutely not. He was a trailblazer in the film and TV industry, though known for films like Blackboard Jungle, uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and Lilies of the Field. Uh, the last two are the ones my mom was like, you have to sit down and watch this right now, <laughs> which uh, he, he won his Oscar for. Um, but let's take a listen to some of his acceptance speech for that role. It is a long journey to this moment. I am naturally indebted to countless numbers of people. Can we talk about his impact in the industry, um, how he helped shape Hollywood during the highlight of his career? You know, I've been watching that Oscar acceptance speech all morning, and I keep thinking he won his Oscar 24 years after Hattie McDaniel won her Oscar for Gone with the Wind, and she wasn't even allowed to sit at the Gone with the Wind table. And here is Sidney Poitier. He walks up to the stage so regal, like he owns the place, kisses Anne Bancroft, who couldn't be more thrilled, and gives his acceptance speech. And to me, that just really exemplifies his career. His films tackle the subject of race, but he played roles that weren't just about race. 1967, to serve with love, he played a teacher. You've helped me a lot. We were lucky to have you. Guess who's coming to dinner? He played a doctor. Mrs. Drayton, I'm medically qualified, so I hope you wouldn't think it presumptuous if I say you ought to sit down. In In the Heat of the Night, he played a detective. We were just trying to clarify some of the evidence. And In the Heat of the Night has this landmark scene where he goes to question a white suspect. And the white suspect slaps him across the face. And Mr. Tibbs, the character Sidney Poitier plays, slaps him back, nearly knocks him over, shocking him. He's looking at at Sidney, shocked. And he says, you know, there was a time not long ago where someone like you did that to someone like me. He would have been shot. And watching that scene today... It's, it just resonates. It resonates so much because it sort of reflects so much of what's going on today, even though this is a movie mm. for more than 50 years yeah. ago. No, absolutely. Like just, just bringing up how art was not only articulating um, what was going on societally, but pushing it forward, seeing that. And like for having people, you know, view him in these roles, view him as a doctor, view him as a detective, that was also helping in the effort, right? Yeah, I was telling someone earlier that I am I'm from the Caribbean, from the West West Indies, like Sydney Portier. Mm-hmm. And growing up, he was always an icon in my house because he represented the American dream, a Black immigrant who came to the United States at a time when Black people in this country didn't have any rights. And he became an icon. As you pointed out, he won that Oscar at the height a year before the Civil Rights Act of 1965. Think about that. Like, there's just something about him that's so aspirational. Yeah. He always epitomized the Black man that I wanted to grow up to be. I love that. So what is your favorite film and why? My favorite film by him is To Serve With Love. Because I think it really presented him in a really unexpected environment at Mm. a teacher 
in working class England. It's just a really great, heartwarming film. And it's a film that's not really about race. I don't know that his race is ever really a major factor in Mm. the movie. He has other obstacles that he has to overcome, like these really rowdy kids. But it's not about (laughs) his race. And that was unheard of for a Black actor in the 1960s to play the kind of role that Paul Newman could have been in that role without having to change very much about it. He was just incredible in other ways as well, though. He was an activist paving the way for change. In an interview back in 1968, he directly addressed interviewers who solely focused all their questions on him being Black. And I, I just loved what he said. So let's take a listen to that. I'm a relatively intelligent man. There are many aspects to my personality that you can explore, I think, uh, very uh, constructively. But you sit here and ask me such one-dimensional questions about a very tiny area of our lives. You ask me questions that fall continually within the negroness of my life. You ask me questions that pertain to the narrow scope of the summer riots. I am artist. Man, American, contemporary, I am an awful lot of things, so I wish you would uh, pay me the respect. Wow. What what do you make of that response right there, Jeremy? You know, it's so interesting because I've been thinking about this a lot this morning, about Sidney Poitier's career. And he's known for being a trailblazer, for someone who paved the way for so many Black actors that came after him. But look at his career. You know, in 1967 alone, him starring in Guess Coming to Dinner, To Serve With Love, and In the Heat of the Night, if Sidney Poitier were a white actor, we would still be talking about him today because his career really transcended race. In the 70s, he pivoted into the directing, and he directed some of the biggest Black movies of that decade, Let's Do It Again, Uptown Saturday Night, Stir Crazy in 1980. People forget that Sidney Poitier wasn't just a classic Hollywood star. And I loved that he took this interviewer to task. You know, it's, it's insulting when you have someone assuming that a Black person's life and their experience revolves around how he's treated by white people. It's very insulting, and I love that Sidney Poitier called him out, called that interviewer out on that more than 50 years ago. He had the courage. He was so courageous. I love that. Coming up, former Sweet Valley High stars Brittany and Cynthia Daniel are twins who are there for each other in every way, including when one needs the other's eggs to have a baby. Stay tuned to hear their incredible story. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Thank you. 
All right, I am back, and I am incredibly excited about this next conversation. I will be talking with Cynthia and Brittany Daniel, the twin sisters from one of my all-time favorite TV shows as a kid, Sweet Valley High. <laughs> Look right what? down in a crowded hall. <laughs> You'll see there's a beauty, beauty standing. standing. She really everywhere. Her reflection. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm freaking out right now. I'm so excited. Brittany, Cynthia, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Thank you. No problem. No problem. I had all the Sweet Valley High books. Bless you, author Francine Pascal. When it came to the show, I always loved uh, the relationship that between you and your characters, Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield. But as an adult, I am so much more in awe of the unbreakable bond you two share in real life. And Brittany, I've followed your career from the game to other shows. And, and Cynthia, you're a successful photographer. But let's talk about why I get to even have this conversation with you both. You two were featured in this week's issue for a truly inspiring story. Uh, Brittany, you're a recent mom of two-month-old Hope. Uh, but the unique thing about your pregnancy journey was you used one of Cynthia's eggs for IVF conception. Just incredible. But I also know there was a painful beginning to this celebration of life because, Brittany, you had cancer back in 2012, went through chemo, and six months later, you were cancer-free. But after all that, your fertility doctor had some more challenging news. So let's start there. Brittany, take me into that roller coaster of getting your health back, but then finding out about the fertility stuff. Yes. So pretty soon after I survived cancer in 2012, I had I went to see my OB because I was not having my menstrual cycle. And he said, I'm pretty certain you're in premenopause. That's it. Like, I think I was 36. I was like, what? And it, well, mind you, while I was going through chemo, I was like, okay, I'm certain now that I want to have a family and I want to, you know, get married and have a baby. And then to, you know, get that news was pretty devastating. After that, though, I was like determined. I was like, nope, I'm going to see an acupuncturist. I'm going to get my menstrual cycle back. Like I'm just not one to just take news like that lying down. And I was able to get it back. And I was like, okay, I think I might have a, a chance at having a family. And then I, a couple years later, I went to see an IVF doctor and mm-hmm. we went through two cycles of trying to retrieve eggs and somewhere in the meetings that I had with the doctor, I told him that I had an identical twin sister and he was like, wait, what? He's like, what are we doing here? He's like, <laughs> you, like, you can't get any closer. You guys have the exact same DNA. Why don't we ask your sister to see if she'd be open to sharing her eggs with you. What was going through your head, Cynthia, when when Brittany approached you? Well, I thought, am I too old? <laughs> Do I have any eggs left? I, I really honestly wasn't really sure, but absolutely. I was like completely down. Let's go check it out. Let's explore it and see if it's a possibility. And it just made, kind of saw me in my tracks because I was like, oh, this this is why my sister and I were brought together. I mean, not only just to support each other and love on each other and all the things and all the great times we've had together, but you know, you have to look at it like, why were we brought into this world together? What was, what was the plan? And I, I truly believe that we were brought to, together for this moment. So we took it from there. I have to be totally honest. Like I had this like pain in my heart. So I was like, I have to fully let this go for myself. But of course I found my way to pure joy and met my husband six months later. I told him like on our first date, like, or actually not even first date, just when I met him at this bar out in Santa Monica. I don't know how it came up, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm 40. And 
um, if we were, I want a family. And if we were to start a family, we'd be using my twin sister's eggs. Like I dropped all this knowledge on him within like Boom. the first couple hours of meeting him. He's like, okay. Um, he and I got engaged six months later. We got married another six months later. So within a year we were together. And then um, probably a year after that, we started um, the IVF process of doing embryo transfer with my sister's egg. And it was unsuccessful. I had three failed embryo transfers. And then our fertility doctor was like, I think you need to move to surrogacy. So um, we did that and hired an agency, a surrogacy agency, and then were matched with an amazing woman. And so she carried our baby, cut to my husband, Adam and I, and our surrogate and her husband, we were all in the delivery room together and got to witness this powerhouse of a woman like breathe her way through hypnobirthing, no medication, breathe our baby into this world was just like awe. Like we were in total awe of her. Wow. When she came out, I just started like scream crying in the delivery room and everybody started crying, all the nurses, the doctors, because they knew what I had been through and Mm. just the pure joy that she was in our arms. Just, I can't get enough of her. And what about you for Cynthia? It was such a relief. Like it was for her, just tears rolling down my face, just to know that our puzzle is complete and my sister has her baby in her arms. It was just an overwhelm. It, it truly, it, other than me having my own kids, was the happiest day of my life. Oh my God. I love yeah. that. I love that. I, I'm wondering what is the story of this puzzle that you're going to share with Hope? Have you guys talked about, about that? Oh, we don't know exactly what we're going to say. I mean, hey, hey, read this People article. This explains it all. You know, (laughs) we probably won't do that, but we probably will share that too. Um, But I think we'll just figure out a time that's age appropriate, but just kind of express that we're all one happy family. Like Cynthia and I I talk about how her kids are half me too. Like we, if we share the same DNA, they're like my kids as well. So it's the same that we're just one big happy family and you know auntie cynthia um shared her eggs with us because i couldn't have the baby of my own and then um but you're our you're our daughter That was twin sisters, Brittany and Cynthia Daniel, opening up about their incredible relationship and IVF journey. For more on this story, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. Another family is seeing double these days, not because of twins, but because their son has gone viral for his on-screen look-alike. While watching Disney's Encanto with his mom and dad, two-year-old Kenzo thought he saw himself in the movie. You see, a young boy in the film named Antonio does have a striking resemblance to the little guy. And the biggest similarity is their hair, a beautiful curly afro. Kenzo's parents, Keith and Kahisha Brand, captured his reaction of seeing his animated doppelganger on screen and posted it to social media. Here's his dad telling ABC about how this moment has impacted their family. You know, he clapped. Like, he was just, like, excited. And we were like, wow. He was able to see someone that looks like him. And I know growing up, for me, that wasn't necessarily something you often see. Just another example of how representation really does matter. And, well, guys, before you go, 
I have to tell you that today is bittersweet because it's my producer, Julia Weaver's last day on this show. And and I am going to miss her so much, along with producers Christina Everett and Darby Masters. It's been amazing working with this team since our launch last year. And I am indebted to you, Julia, for making me sound so good all these hundreds of episodes now. So thank you. Guys, we are taking another brief hiatus, but we will be back with more of People Every Day later this month. Have a great week weekend and I will talk to you all soon. Mm-hmm.